0: Rugger Matrix International is brought to you by Strike. Check out their fleet tracking system. It will save you hundreds of dollars per month. Go to strike.com.au. Rugger Matrix International is also brought to you by mybean.com.au. Coffee delivered straight from the roaster to guarantee the freshest brew. You won't pay any more at mybean.com.au. We sell at roasters prices. Hello and welcome to Rugger Matrix International and back in the studio post the Lions and post I guess a pretty embarrassing defeat for Australia but to everyone in the Northern Hemisphere who barracks for the Lions congratulations and well done a thoroughly deserved victory 41 points to 16 clinching the final test match big show coming up shortly to Japan with Eddie Jones then Mark Ella, the Invincible himself joins us in the studio talking about the appointment of Ewan McKenzie to take over from Robbie Deans immediately after he was fired from the job just yesterday. So and then after that I've got to say Brian O'Driscoll, very relaxed, even though he was controversially dropped for the third test. Lots of controversy, but he's an interesting chat later on, our final chat today on Rugger Matrix International. But first Let's get him on the phone now and cross to Tokyo, Japan and speak to the coach of the Japanese rugby team, the former Wallabies coach, the former Brumbies coach, former Reds coach, uh, everything else you want to put in between, but he's a good mate of ours and it's great to hear your voice today, Eddie Jones. Thanks for joining us. Hi, are you, Very good. Eddie, uh, firstly, congratulations on your win over Wales a couple of weeks ago. Tremendous stuff. You must be a national hero there.
1: Yeah, it was pretty big for rugby here, mate. Uh, first time we've ever beaten a top 10 country in the world. We had two full houses uh, in the first time for about eight or nine years. So it's given rugby a really uh, a good kick along. And with the World Cup in 2015, of course, we've qualified to qualify first, but then having the World Cup here in 2019 it's a good time for rugby
0: good time. Not so good for the Wallabies. It was a great event, Eddie. You would have seen it. Uh, The Wallabies taking on the Lions in an epic series. But uh, it's cost Eddie, or it's cost uh, uh, Robbie Deans the job, Eddie. And uh, I think he was going to be replaced anyway. That's the word. Ewan McKenzie is now coach of Australia. I think uh, a pretty good move by the ARU. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, look, I think Ewan's, you know, done a a pretty solid apprenticeship. He was assistant coach at the, the Brumbies and the Wallabies, coached the Waratahs, got some overseas experience. at has got front stay, come back and, yeah, you know, his, his timing's been good at the Reds. Uh, he's got a good team there, won a championship, and I think it's important for a Wallaby coach to win, win a super championship, and I think Ewan deserves the right to take the team forward.
0: Well, the Wallabies uh, need to be taken forward because it has been stagnant, Eddie. What's been going wrong since Dean's took over?
1: Well, you know, I think there's always a number of things, but the things that stand out, and I think it all came to fruition on the weekend, you know, they certainly lack discipline. Uh, You can see that in the way they prepare and the way they play. They lack the cohesion amongst not only the players, just the way they interact with each other, but also the way they play the game. And you, know, you see, after two phases, Bill gets the ball on the on the right hand side with no one outside him, and he has to kick the ball. They just, you know, seem to have a lack of cohesiveness of, of what they wanted to do. And uh, I yeah, you know, Robbie's done some good things with them, but I think they've just failed to develop a style of play that suits that group of players. And, and a style of play that can beat New Zealand and uh, you know that's going to be the big thing for for big link going forward.
0: Australia's struggled to fill the void of Stephen Larkham haven't they since he retired but Eddie surely since he retired we should have had some sort of fly half that we could have nailed our colours to the mast someone to just distribute the ball uh, because it's really been a problem area but what do you think about throwing someone like James O'Connor into the fire of a Lions series at ten?
1: Yeah, it's a bit like uh, Shane Morton leaving, and you pick up some part-time leg spinner who uh, bowls, you know, ten overs every so often in club rugby, and uh, in, in club cricket. You know, it's just beyond comprehension. And he was at, you know, way out of it. That's his You know, he's a brilliant individual player. We know that, but he cannot play test, test uh, stand-off and yeah, you know, it's it's hard to understand. Claude Kibber's got his problems, Bill's got his problems. You know, Tamir is uh, a very solid player. And Australian needs to decide out of those three. He's going to be the standoff, who's going to be the number 12 and stick with him for a period of time. You know, some of the greatest players in the world have taken the like deal 26, 27, 28, and have been really good standoffs. You know, Carter took some time, Stevie Larkin took some time, Wilkinson took some time, so you've got to invest whoever Ewan thinks he's the best player, you know, and, and he's got two options, Bill and Cooper, both lack mental concentration to play for the full 80 minutes, but that's certainly brilliant. Wetsmool is a very steady player, but you know, if he plays 10, then you need to have some brilliance on the outside of him.
0: So there's not much time here. What's your recommendation for a backline for Australia? Well, you
1: know, Genu was terrible on on Saturday, but you still have to continue to pick him. Uh, the worst thing about Genu was that last trial where he looked like he didn't want to make the tackle. Um, so, then, you know, he needs to get him back in the gear. I'd maybe put Quade at ten. I'd put Tamura at twelve. I think Tamura, you know, he's a very hard tackler, hard runner, and he also has some distribution skills, and he's young. I'd stick there and actually keep the, us for the moment at thirteen. For for at 14, to Main at at eleven and then I I put Mogham at full back. I think they need someone with genuine gas and uh, and he's a guy that I think can really develop into a top class test fullback. You know, I'd have Beale on the bench, he can probably maybe share the game with, with Cooper. And I wouldn't have O'Connor in the squad for the next few of time. I think guys like him need to understand that, you know, it is special playing for Australia. He hasn't treated it special. I'm sure Ewan's going to make the point somewhere along the line with with one of those boys to make sure that they understand it is special playing for Australia.
0: Well, he missed the uh, 2011 team announcement for the Rugby World Cup, Eddie. So it wasn't a good start in terms of discipline. I mean, how important is the off-field discipline when it relates to your on-play or field discipline? Some people say you should separate it, but I guess you're of the opinion if you're undisciplined off the field, it's going to follow you on the paddock.
1: Yeah, look, you know, it's inexcusable what they did in the second test to be up at four o'clock in the morning, you know, obviously out perusing at a hamburger place. And, and then the worst thing was the you defended it. You know, the ARU should have said straight away they should have been in bed, they should have been in recovery, and they shouldn't have been out. Um, and I'm sure Ewan's going to sort out that, those issues. You know, no team's perfect and every team has its characters. So you've got to draw a line. You know the test series is 14 tests a year. So for those four, for that period of time, the players need to be completely devoted to to uh, to winning those test matches. In relation, I was just talking to one of our boys that's been playing for the Chiefs, and he was saying they've got a rule after every game they only have a couple of beers. No one's allowed into town. If they do get go into town, the boys are the ones who discipline the players and and bring it up at team meetings. So that's the sort of culture. that that wins championships like the Chiefs did last year and that's the sort of culture that
0: Australia needs to have going forward. You need senior players to do that Eddie because uh, they've been around and are experienced and uh, the Wallabies have jettisoned a lot of senior players and you saw guys grow up like that, like Matt Gitter, a young fella he went by the wayside, Phil Wall, Rocky Olsum the list is endless of senior players that have been jettisoned maybe a little bit early
1: yeah, I, I think that's undoubtedly been part of the issue, and you get the impression the senior guys there aren't really strong enough to impose discipline on the younger guys. And you know, I think at the end of last season, probably the most cohesive of the Australian side was when Sharp was made captain, and it seemed like there was a real cohesion and togetherness and an understanding of what was going to be acceptable and what was going to be not acceptable. And, you know, I think going forward, there needs to be four or five of those guys found, developed and, and made into the team leadership. And, and certainly I think you and i will need to re, re, uh, review the captaincy of the Australian side. You know, Hall's a good, tough player. Really, he's got the, the overall awareness to be a great captain and that's what Australia's going to need if he'll win the next World Cup. You know, I think it's something that you and will have to look at.
0: What about the Scrum? Obviously, it had its moments, uh, some good moments, in fact, in the second test. Andrew Blades, a very astute coach, but in the third test, maybe they sort of backed themselves too much, but they got absolutely pulverised, Eddie, and it cost them dearly on the scoreboard. You've done a pretty good job where you've assessed your Scrum's ability in Japan. What, What do Australia need to do there? Is it dire straits?
1: Well, I think the first the area of the selection, right? you know, Alexander, again, doesn't start for the Bumbies at tight head and the Plane at tight head for the Wallabies. was always going to be a risk. He got away with it in the second test because he's playing against Winapolo. He's a young prop with not much scrummaging ability, but when he was against Corbacero in the third test, you know, it shown quite clearly that he was out of his area. He used to look at the Australian front they're not They're not strong enough. You know, they haven't got... Uh, develop posterior chains uh, they'll really need to get on an intensive strength program yeah, and I think the young guys like Slipper that probably need to be promoted uh, into the team and, and again you need to find the tight that's going to anchor the scrum and maybe that's super.
0: Eddie you've been uh, overseas for a little while now uh, and coaching Japan obviously in club rugby there as well and obviously in Europe but what's the perception of the Australian game at the moment?
1: Uh, not great, mate. Uh, you know, when you're in your pen on a Friday afternoon, there's the domestic usually at 5:30. There's a domestic New Zealand Super Rugby game at 7:30. There's Australian game, and the difference in the in the games is absolutely an, enormous. The, the ball movement, the speed of movement, you know, and their willingness to play the game in the New Zealand games, and then the Australian games are a very static one pass. You know, a lot of kicking. And it used to be the opposite. Um, Australia I think, has become very conservative in their, their rugby approach. I've only seen a little bit from the red when people and Gen are on fire. And I think Australia rugby needs to find that back. You know, Ewan's an extremely good coach. It's very pragmatic. And you know, I think you'll understand that at the test level, they need to find something a little bit different to beat New Zealand. And it's not going to be by like playing all Orthodox one pass. You know, hit it up, hit it up, type rugby. They're going to have to develop a, a way of attacking that that has movement, that creates questions for the All Blacks defence because you know, at the end of the day, Elon's going to be judged by whether he can beat the All Blacks. And I think since you know, 2002, I've been a record against him, something like 22% success. So there's a great upside there for him. And, you look at the All Blacks side, you know, Wood, uh, Woodcock, Mia Rahmoo, McCall, Carter, uh, you know, Conrad Smith all probably closer to the end of their careers than the, than the start of their careers so it's a great opportunity now for the
0: Australian side to do well. Well you've uh, managed to beat the All Blacks on a couple of occasions and the most important one was obviously that semi-final win in tw- 2003 at the World Cup. I mean what does it take to beat the All Blacks? We've been known as a very smart team, and a, and a coach like yourself pri- obviously prides himself uh, or yourself on the fact that you're able to come up with a game plan to stress a pretty athletic, brilliant team.
1: Yeah, well, I think, you yeah, know, you've always got to make the physical challenge. They set out the physical challenge with the Harker first, so that's the first thing you got to do. And then you've got to make them think, mate, you know, they're the most athletic uh, free will players in the world and I think you know, when you can beat New Zealand sides and we've seen it with Jake White and Ewan both in the super competition you now when you can make those sides can make them play a little bit different you take away their athleticism and then you give yourself a chance to win and I'm sure Ewan will be developing a, a sort of game that does that against New Zealand
0: Are you happy with what Jake White's done with the Brumbies, your old team?
1: Yeah, look, he's done a fantastic job mate, again you know Two years ago, they're further into in the competition and they a bit like the Wallabies were well on Saturday. Not much team spirit, not much cohesion. You know, they've got plenty of team spirit, they've got plenty of cohesion. You know, they've found a way of, of winning. I think, they, again, for them to go forward now, they'll need to develop their attacking game. But he's, he's done a super job. And I just hope now that he's not lost to Australian rugby, I think you know, there's a very big opportunity now that he probably sees that there's not much future for him in Australian rugby, so, uh, you know, the next, next year we'll, we'll say whether he stays with the Bumbies or days.
0: Maybe they can call upon uh, Peter Hewitt. How is the super coach going at Suntory? Well,
1: <laughs> he's going all right. Mate. I saw him the other week, actually, up there. At camp up in the mountains, he's doing really well. You know, he's a, he's a fantastic guy and... Uh, and he's, he's working really hard in his trade. They, they've just played three pre season games. So the first three games haven't been real flash, They've been by 50 50 and 40. But, uh, you know, at this time of the year, uh, they're basically playing their B team against other teams, eh? So, yeah, he's going to make a good catch, mate. And I think in a couple of years' time, they'll come back to Australia and catch a single rugby level.
0: Well, I hope so. Inverell's second-best fullback at doing well over in Japan, Eddie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I never let him forget that. Eddie Jones, thanks very much for your time. It's great to speak to you, mate. And when you come back to Australia uh, on one of your visits, I'd be love to uh, catch up with you in our studio.
1: All right. Good on you, Gerro. Thanks, mate.
2: Cheers.
0: All right, so there's Eddie Jones. And, uh, well, Eddie Jones never holds back, and that's the great thing about him. One other fellow who never holds back is the invincible himself, Mark Eller. Juro, how are you? Yeah, very good. I've just finished the tour, you would have seen all the games, uh, we'll talk about the specifics of it, but what did you think of the series, the colour of the event? Oh, the event itself was spectacular and
3: it's no wonder You know, countries like Australia, South Africa and New Zealand put so much effort in, into welcoming the Lions uh, to, to their country. I mean, you know, we had 30-odd thousand uh, people all dressed in red, all well behaved, all spending plenty of, plenty of money, uh, just a great
0: tour all around. Yeah, it was fantastic. So uh, Robbie Deans has paid the price, as we've spoken about in the start of the show. I think it was inevitable, but they did start the interview process a couple of weeks ago and appointed Ewan McKenzie. Uh, He's a good mate of ours, good choice? Yeah, I think he's a good choice. I mean, uh, some will say, was he the best available?
3: Uh, And if you're fair him, you'd probably say no, uh, Jake White. Uh, But I think after you know, five years with a foreign coach, I think the sentiment was that we had to get an Australian, and Ewan is accomplished, a very accomplished coach. Uh, you know, winning
0: winning the, you know, the Super Rugby title in, in 2011, and I think he deserves his chance. Well, his credentials are there, though, aren't they? I mean, Ewan's done the hard yards. He's had many disappointments. He was pretty keen to make that point today at the press conference that he's been through the low times and he's been through the high times. So, and that's really important, isn't it?
3: No, and I agree. Um, you know, he's been there. Uh, you know, as, as a player. You know, winning a Rugby World Cup, which, is, which in a feat is, is, is terrific. And, and I think the first Wallaby to actually coach Australia, which again is, is, is a huge achievement for you. And you're right, he's, been, he's had his ups and downs. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and he's made a lot of sacrifices personally uh, in his pursuit of, of coaching around the world. Uh, and he deserves this opportunity, and, and I know he'll do a great job for Australia.
0: We talked about this before the series began. You know, I, I was dead against uh, James O'Connor playing at 10, is one of the great tens of all time what's your final report card
3: well i think james o'connor as we all say is a talented footballer and i think he's got the potential to make a great number 10 but you don't throw yeah a one test match inexperienced player into a series against the Lions and expect that he's gonna you know ignite and as deans uses the word mesmerize the opposition that just doesn't happen and uh, you know James O'Connor shouldn't give up his pursuit of thinking he's, he's going to be a future number ten, um, uh, but uh, he was thrown into the position or into the situation by Robbie Deans, who put all his hope on one player to ignite the Wallabies' attack, and it just didn't happen.
0: Well, it's a pretty ordinary t- training ground, isn't it? It's so intense, and it's one every once every twelve years. So your point is absolutely valid, and you know if he. M- and there's a potential to go backwards in that environment, isn't it? If you want to play in that position. Uh, well, he'd be gutted by now, yeah. as,
3: as 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 most of the Australian players. But uh, you know, when you're picked in a key position, you've actually got to show direction and show leadership and be strong, and and get up when you get belted and uh, you know all of that. And, and unfortunately, he did very little of that. You know, mm. in the first Test match, he you know touched the ball about probably seven or eight times in the whole bloody game. You know, the second Test match, he was a little bit more effective, but still, you know. He could have been playing on the wing, yeah. uh, and in the last test match, particularly when the Lions, you know, got the momentum going, yeah, there was no stopping him, and uh, you know we were ineffectual, and, and I guess that's history. Uh,
0: do you think the Lions um, could have won by more? Because I think uh, the gulf actually was quite large between us and the Lions. Uh,
3: it probably was. Uh, yeah, you know, twenty-five points is a pretty yeah. big margin. Yeah. Uh, they left a few on the park, uh, I reckon. They they did. Uh, they, there were a couple of other opportunities. You know, for Australia's sake, I'm glad they didn't. Well, they got <laughs> trounced anyway. Uh, you know, twenty-five points is, is fairly significant. Yeah. Uh, it would have been embarrassing if it yeah. was any more.
0: What do you think about ten and twelve? Do Australia need a harder, bigger runner at twelve? We've always seemed to be a bit more successful there outside our ten.
3: Yeah, we we probably do, but we need a ball-playing, big number twelve. Yeah. You know, like a Michael Hawke or or. You know, Timmy Horan wasn't that big, but he was well, solid. We don't
0: seem to have that combination. Uh, well, we?
3: like I, and I know I've said this a thousand times, and I apologise, but you know, we, we pick utility players. We've got to go back to specialists. Yeah. We're not going to win by playing. Having three ball players is not an advantage. It's a disadvantage because traditionally ball well, number 10s, and I'm one of them, we're not the greatest defenders, uh, which is you know, a weakness in the team. And you know you can only have one general, not three generals. As so Robbie keeps on,
0: on, or Robbie kept on selecting. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, so I would like to see Pat McCabe, if he was fit, playing there because I just think he straightens things up and gets you to go forward. There was too much messing around. James O'Connor doesn't pass the ball. He's not in. It's not in his his nature to pass the ball directly. He's a wonderful runner on his feet. That's why he should be out wider. Yeah, which is. Like I've been
3: critical of Robbie over the years mm. by his team selections because there's no fluency in selections. You know, you, you'll, you'll pick a five eight, but then doesn't pick an inside center that complements the five eight, mm. or picks an ins, uh, inside center that doesn't complement the outside center. Again, we've got a team of, of wonderful players, but not a team mm. within a team.
0: Doesn't mesh together.
3: They don't mesh together. Yeah. So it doesn't matter how good your individual players are. It's how they gel as a team that makes the difference between winning and losing. And uh, you know, as much as you say it, Robbie would always pick teams that were that were you know
0: that just didn't happen, mm. didn't mix. Do you have much um, empathy or sympathy for Robbie uh, six years into the job or close to six years? No,
3: I did I, in fact I do and in I wrote an article probably four months before John O'Neill you know put Robbie Dean in the position that I thought he was the best coach for mm. Australia, which is a big call considering he's a foreign coach. Yeah. O'Neill selected him uh, and I thought, you know, based on what I'd seen at the, the Crusaders, that Robbie had the ability to reignite the Australian attack. Uh, but, you know, probably what I didn't realise that, uh, you know, way back then is, you know, the players probably, at the Crusaders probably did more to coaching than, than probably Robbie mm. uh, because he's been ineffectual with with the Wallabies. I mean, you know, we've had our, particularly against South Africa, we've had some great victories and played some unbelievable rugby. Uh but that's about as far as it goes. We've been hot and cold for five five years.
0: I totally agree. And um, you know, this is not a very well known fact, but when I was at the Waratahs, we approached Robbie Deans to take over at the Waratahs at some point. Uh, it didn't happen, so the Wallabies then got him. So, yes, everyone wanted to see how he went. He has, as internet has has he had international experience too under John Mitchell. That's right and uh, it didn't work out either. And, well he and made a couple coached com- by Glenn. Well, he got
3: a couple <laughs> of uh, he made a couple of controversial selections yeah. again, yeah. you know but not playing uh, Daniel Carter or playing him out wide and uh, picking uh, Carlos Spencer yeah. and, and not picking key players who uh, proven under pressure can deliver. Yeah, exactly. he picks players that a lot of talent, which is great. But they've got, to have, they've got to be stronger than that. They've got to be able to tackle. They've got to hold their discipline under extreme pressure and, and not you know, s-
0: succumb to, you know, to to pressure. Greg Groud made a really good point the other day in his Scrum.com article, is that five years or six years, five and a half years into the job, we still don't have a 10. We, we don't have a 10 that we can rely on.
3: We don't have a 10 that we can rely on. Have we got a 12 we can rely on? Fullback, I presume Kurtley Beale, if he stays in that position, will probably hold that position. Yeah, we've got a strong number nine, but in the five years, you're right. We don't have a 10 to this day, and we haven't got a proven number 12. So a 10-12 combination when I was playing, when Lionel was playing with with, with Little, uh, yeah, they were strong mm. combinations. We don't have them.
0: Uh, Jesse Mogg? I'm a big fan of his. I've uh, seen him up close play. I really like the way he's a lo- he's a complete fullback to me. What are your thoughts?
3: I've got nothing but admiration for him. And I'm glad uh, that he finally got his test cap. As, as you know, two years coming. Yeah, mm. uh, I guess Jake White. Yeah, should be congratulated for bringing Ben Moen, uh, Jesse Mogg. Uh, who else? There was one other. Uh, Lily Lafana. Lily Lafana through through to become full Wallabies. Tumani. I mean uh, Tamani. I mean, you know they wouldn't have been selected last year or even the year before, but the whole four backs came through and Jesse Mogg is an outstanding footballer. You know, he probably, you know, well, I mean, he would have been glad to play for Australia against the Lions. It wasn't a great success. I mean, he didn't play well. Sorry, I'll rephrase that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking too much But he played pretty well uh, and you'll get better And I hope uh, Ewan gives him enough opportunities to prove his worth well,
0: I think what they've done is hardened them up with the Brumbies They've mm. really hardened, there's a harder edge to them and yeah. I saw that in that uh, Tuesday night game against the B, the, the B team They were still pretty good, the Lions Yeah, it's they, a
3: they are, they, they played a, a disciplined game mm. And they stuck to it and, and they got the rewards uh,
0: What about Matt Tamuah?
3: But Tamura, again, he is a good footballer. Mm. Uh, I'd like to think that uh, you know, he's got an opportunity to prove his worth at, at number 10. Uh, what I like about Tamura and Lilia Fano is there's nothing fancy. Mm. They just get on with the job. Mm. They're, 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 they're number 10s in the true sense of the
0: word and
3: uh, deserve an opportunity.
0: This is your point. You can't have 15 guys who are all X-Factor. You've got to have a couple of crazy X-Factor components to it. But you need some reliability on the paddock. Yeah, you need to be able to keep
3: players that'll play persistent rugby, that will never let the team down. Okay, you have your ups and downs, but you know, with I guess uh, you know Connor and Cooper, you have extremes. I mean, it's, it's like that, mm-hmm. like a tidal wave. But you know, these players rarely play bad. You know, they might have an off day, but it's still by by anybody's uh, appreciation, pretty high standard.
0: A couple more before I throw to my uh, chat with Brian O'Driscoll. Firstly, discipline at the Wallabies. Ewan wants to bring more discipline in. I've seen him operate very well with it. And he, he, what he does well is across the generations, from 30-year-olds, 35-year-olds, down to 20-year-olds, he can actually, for a conservative bloke who loves Sarah Palin, uh, <laughs> always votes liberal. He's, he's, he gets down with the, with the young fellas and does a pretty good job. So discipline's been an issue Kirtley and James O'Connor just really haven't been brought to heel over some of their off-field issues, and the apology in Melbourne after their late night—no alcohol, of course—but a late night. Their preparation for that Melbourne test was pretty ordinary from James O'Connor.
3: It is, and uh, I guess that was that added to the downfall of Robbie, was the inconsistent dealings with mm. these guys. And I mean, it's it's the the same culprits all the time. Uh, you know, almost right from the moment that Robbie took over. You know, when they were in Rome, there was. Uh, so-called indiscretions by by the, the three amigos. You know, we've got to stamp that out. And I think, you know, apart from Robbie's ability or coaching or what happened to the Wallabies, his lack of discipline or support for the young guys uh, aided his uh, uh, his uh, downfall.
0: Yeah, we're well, in a team environment, and you've seen it. Is if, if some guys are getting away with stuff, and the guys who are doing it, the hard yards, particularly forwards up front, who you know they busted their gut, and to see that isn't good.
3: No, it isn't good. And the senior players, quite rightly, are angry Mm. and can't understand that they're making the sacrifice and these superstars, so-called superstars, are going out and enjoying the limelight Mm. instead of concentrating on their own game and on their commitment to their their teammates. Mm. It's just not good enough.
0: The All Blacks have their issues there too, but what they seem to do is they they hammer them quite quickly uh, with discipline and then they get them back in the game. So they've got a really nice approach. I wanted to ask you about Lee Halfpenny, for example, and your thoughts on uh, Johnny Sexton uh, and their their key playmakers. And uh, they did a really good job, but Lee Halfpenny, classy fullback.
3: He is a classy fullback. I guess we'll we'll know. Him. He kicked what forty two <laughs> out of forty eight, or something, or forty five. He wasn't a one
0: trick pony. But he but
3: he set up tries. He's he's an attacking uh, uh, number fifteen for such a small player. Just sheer class mm. right the way through. And Jonathan Sexton. You know, I like him as a player again he's a h- honest toilet but he has a go he knows when uh, you know to let the ball go when to run himself you know he's a good kicker of the football uh, just a complete player and, and having both of them on their side certainly in key positions like that uh, you know assisted the the Lions in winning
0: Battle of the Coaches, clearly a victory to Warren Gatlin in the end tactically and he helped a lot of s- strife about uh, and uh, vitriol out there in social media land about dropping uh, Brian O'Driscoll, who we'll hear from in a moment. But uh, he stayed strong and he got the team that he wanted in the end. It was mostly Welsh, but they, they did the job for him.
3: Yeah, he, he did. And, and Gatlin should be congratulated, obviously, for winning winning the series. I mean, it was a huge risk. But he went with combinations, you know, given combinations that he had confidence in. And at the end of the day, you know, they delivered. Uh, uh, in in what what is easily, outside of Rugby World Cup, the biggest rugby environment. So congratulations to him. He knew what he wanted. He knew the players who would deliver. Uh, And they didn't do it because of fancy footwork, which certainly Mm -hmm. helped. They did because they were toilers and, and, and knew how to interact with each other.
0: Yeah, they've got some superstars. They're big, too, in the back lines. Oh, right? huge, Like George huge North, boys. Tommy Bowe, and Jamie Roberts uh, at 12. just wears you down, doesn't it? Yeah, they?
3: they're big boys. And you, know, you look at James O'Connor, uh, you know, Lillio Fano, yeah. even out of match Cooper, yeah. they're, they're small in stature when you compare them
0: up against the Lions. A- absolutely. So, uh, just a final word on Neil McKenzie and the way forward. He hasn't got much time to get ready for the All Blacks, but I think, in a way, that's a good thing.
3: Well it is a good thing and, and it re- sort of reminds me of when John Connolly took over for Matty Jones, he basically had two years out from the World Cup to make a, a big decision to either change the format uh, and, and the playing group mm. and do it his way or stick with the status quo. So I guess the challenge now with, with uh, Ewan is does he make major changes? obviously also in, in personnel and in style of play, which I hope he will. Mm-hmm. Or if he sticks with the status quo, he will need to get toughen these guys up and, and be really strict because they'll need, they'll need watching all the way.
0: Because he does bring a good tactical brain to the game. Because I was struggling to work out what Robbie was doing with our team. What, this year or last year <laughs> or the year before that? <laughs> I really, Mark, it's been, it has been the frustrating element. I just think we have been known as a smart rugby nation. And that's what all the others, the Kiwis, have always feared us for. But in recent times, they haven't.
3: Well, I think they they take it. The, the Kiwis say we're a smart nation, knowing that we're not, because mm. you know we've got a coach that's, you know, you know, says all the right things, but we play basic football. We yeah. we, we we we're scared to, to have a go. Uh, and so I think this is, you know, I'm sad for Robbie, he's, he's a mate of mine, but you know it just hasn't worked out. But I'm excited for you and, yeah. and the future of Australian
0: rugby. As I said in last week's show with Casho. Players get dropped every day of the week, and it should be no different for coaches. Yep. You want to drop a coach every week, it wouldn't make it hard, but um, I guess uh, it had to happen. Mark Eller, great to see you again. shopping in, and uh, I will see you soon. Thanks, buddy. There he is, Mark Eller. Now, let me move on to the man of the moment. Brian O'Driscoll was dropped controversially, as we spoke about the other day. He had uh, a couple of days' of celebrations, and then I caught up with him at the Sydney football stadium while the Waratahs were training incidentally and asked him about uh, life after winning the British and Irish Lions series for the first time since 1997. Moment to reflect on t- how it ended 12 years ago compared to well, this weekend.
2: Um, I suppose You look at it and you, and you realise that um, in every tour there's, there's good and bad and obviously my own disappointments this week was the, was the bad side but when you win series you know all the negative side of things get swept under the carpet and that's just how it is. The fact that we managed to lose it uh, in in 2001 probably things were heightened a little bit more and that's just the way that's the the way touring works so um, you know I, I suppose we'll be able to reflect a little bit more over the coming weeks and think about you know what a great achievement it is.
0: Did you feel that you were embraced like 12 years ago was it even better what was the crowd support like from the Australians?
2: yeah it was brilliant i think they're um they're pretty passionate about um about their australian teams irrespective of um what sport it is uh so you know we, we heard uh, you know we heard plenty of interesting things from from the stands uh over the course of, of the tour but um uh, you you expect that and, and in fairness to them um i think they they respect good winners and you know when any team manages to put 41 points on you you got to tip your cap to them and you know they certainly did that
0: you mentioned the negative things come to the surface if you lose there's a lot of bloodletting already in australia are you surprised by the uh, savagery of the fallout
2: um I, well I, i'm kind of a bit oblivious to it you know we've been in our own little the, the, bubble.
0: It could be I'm a new coach tomorrow yeah
2: it could be hours, so um i don't know what's what's been said or what fallout there is but um that doesn't really concern us as players massively because you know we have a Tom Richards uh, trophy in, in the bag, and you know, that's what's important to us now.
4: i have been a major part of Alliance Tour that is already written into rugby folklore. You must be absolutely delighted that you, that you signed up for this one.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's. Um it's been no secret that it, you know, it was something that I really badly wanted to achieve—be part of a winning Lions series. I suppose it didn't quite pan out exactly as I would have wanted, you know, not having an involvement in the in the um, deciding game. But, uh, nonetheless, it's you know a huge achievement and one that I'm very proud of.
4: You did play a huge part in
2: the to- in the Test series, even the full 80 for the first two Test matches. I mean, that must be it must really fill you with, with pride. Yeah, um, I mean you've. When you've been on a number of tours and and you know, tasted defeat after defeat, uh, and you know run close a couple of times, you know particularly in in Australia twelve years ago to come back full circle and manage to achieve it in the third test uh, is brilliant. Uh, and uh, yeah, some. I think it probably, you know, you look at those guys that that you've soldiered with over the last six or seven weeks and the satisfaction that you you get sitting in a contented dressing room and celebrating together. Uh, Only you really know that, you know, the, the sacrifice and the hard work that have gone in and you're able to enjoy each other's company off the back. You touched on it there.
4: The, the final week controversial. You know, you were dropped obviously for the third test, and Warren Gatland took a lot of stick. What would you say to some of the people maybe back home that, that had a go at him because he was under all sorts of pressure?
2: Uh, listen, people are entitled to their opinion. You're always going to have, you know, in in uh, in any you know any tour or anyone's career, you're going to have ups and downs, and you're going to have contentious or. Uh, decisions to, to make at times, leaving certain people out and including other guys. So people are entitled to their to their opinion, but you know the team that he picked went out and scored forty one points against an Australian team, and you know um, you, you stand by your results I guess.
4: You played a big role that week, um, as well as Paul O'Connell and Sam Warburton from the sidelines, Brian. You they had your full support, didn't they? The twenty three from that day.
2: Yeah, absolutely, this isn't about you know it's never about one person. Yes, for you, it's you know you're the only one that you. Know, that really cares. That, you know, when you've been excluded from a team, other guys that are in the Twenty Three have to be able to, you know, get on with the job and, and worry about it themselves. So, um, yeah, it's, it was a, it was a disappointment. But you you've, you you know, always said earlier on in the week that it's or in the in the tour that uh, it's the guys that don't make that Test Twenty Three are the ones that make or break the tour. And you know, you can't you know mouth words and, and then not live them when uh, when it's your turn.
4: Ryan, right, how important do you think it was for the whole credibility of the concept of the Lions that 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 triumph was finally delivered after so long?
2: Yeah, it was important. It really was. And you know, to, to go back to ninety seven I think people were losing faith in the ability of the Lions to, you know, come together and, and, and win a test series in six and a half or seven weeks and it's great that we were able to do it and you know as I said before, I hope it's not another sixteen years before we're waiting for another series win. But It's to be involved in a Lions tour is so incredibly special, and to have been on four of them is uh, is way beyond any expectation you know a rugby player could ever have. Um, But to be on a winning one is what it's really about.
4: Was it the press conference you gave um, a few days before the squad was announced, and you said that because the second test had been lost, no player, even yourself, can be guaranteed selection? But nonetheless, it must. Were you shocked when the team was was announced, or did it did it come as a big jolt, or was it something that you would? ready yourself for.
2: Came as a jolt. You back yourself to to be in the coach's plans when you've been involved in the first couple of tests. I suppose knowing that Jamie was coming back from injury and Manu was back uh, playing, that there was always the you know the chance of being omitted. And you know the fact that he went with the with the combination that played together a lot of times. You know you have to just suck that up. So, um, but it uh, I certainly it wasn't an easy thing to hear. But you've, you know life goes on.
4: In terms of the future, you have one more year for, for Ireland, is that right? And do you want to be involved in the next Lions tour in some way? Would you like that in some way? I mean, we, we were saying earlier that we could see you as, a, as an assistant to, to the uh, coach maybe in the future. What, 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 how would you feel about that?
2: I don't know. I don't know. You know, it's, it's two days since you know we won a series. Uh, there's been a fair bit of celebrating going on, and I haven't put much thought into four years' time. Trust me, I'm looking forward to the next four weeks of holidaying and putting the feet up. Um, and hopefully going for one more year next year. Um, but with regards to Lions, I don't know what you know what future holds um, when I finish becoming a rugby player. Or whether I'll stay involved in the game in a, in a coaching level or in you know in, in some um, you know some way in, in within the media. But um, I think that'll all evolve with with time. Where you just have to be able to you know, give yourself a few days to savor the satisfaction of finally winning a series.